podcast fam, much of our audience has requested a show like this one, and today it is finally here. We are bringing four incredible guests from within the first 50 episodes of the WHOA GNV podcast back. And I got a special co host as well, Jason Hurst. We've shared their stories, we heard how they started and got their ventures off the ground, but where are they now? What's their growth been like? What would they like to have answered by the others at the table? Brad Gamble of The Selling Factory, Elio Piedra of The Fiesta Media, Kristen Coffey Presley, blogger and social media influencer, and Drew Stewartman of Halo Potato Donuts. Join us for an incredible show. Episode 150 starts right now. You are listening to WHOA Podcast. Coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Give me your best whoa, y'all. Whoa. <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin, and my host, you guys, representing our all-in sponsor, the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville, my man, the one, the only, Jason Hurst. I almost didn't know you were introducing me, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take it. I'm going with it. What's up, man? How are you? Doing great, man. It's, uh, it's been a busy 2021. Yes. But we had to make up for all the 2020s. So. That is true. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here joining me, man. I'm happy to be here. You and I'm Colliers, you guys have been sponsoring our show for a while now. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. So uh, tell us, like, what's going, like, what's going on in your world, man? Anything? Uh, so real estate is like a. Um, you ever had a balloon and it's kind of you're blowing it up over time, over time, over time, and then it's actually going to pop. We are in that pop right now. Um, Residential real estate is one thing, but commercial real estate is kind of a microcosm of what is happening in residential real estate, which you guys know is on fire right now. It's crazy um, right so now. Residential is so crazy right it, now. It really is. It's um, like it's full price is, plus like all these. Yeah, like, in three uh, days. Three yeah, days. Dude, that's yeah, nuts. Nuts. But, 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 but like they have, what do they call the extent? Nah, I don't know. Expansion or some extent, I, I, yeah, forget, I forget the term. It's a little bit. Money, money's cheap right now across the board for both uh, business and residential. So it's uh, it's exploding right now. And we had to make up for six months of last year because there was some stuff going on last year. That's probably the understatement of the, the century. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so COVID the, life. Uh, there's, there's a couple of asset classes that are really going well right now, like uh, multifamily selling well. Uh, retail selling well, industrial is probably having the biggest expansion of its of its time. Uh, office not so much. We don't. <laughs> I think people kind of got used to being at home and being dressed up top and kind of chilling down low uh, <laughs> on the Zoom videos. All right. So is so. that is that gonna stick? Are like people go, are people gonna go back now that you know it seems like things are normalizing a little bit? You know, with the vaccine, yeah. and everything. People are starting to go back to work. Yeah. Like, are people gonna go back to the office or is like remote life? Well, here, here's stick here's around? what happens. So the guys that stayed at home uh, are still quasi productive. I mean, they were at home at work doing four hours of nothing. Uh, they're at home doing four hours of stuff at the, around the house and doing work. Um, and then the, the bosses that were sending them home were like, man, we kind of need these guys here um, during 2020. And then they looked at the bills and were like, well, maybe we don't need them so much. So I think there's going to be a hybrid, more of like a flex schedule for the office market. Okay. Um, it's, been, it's been really difficult to kind of figure out you know, how to place tenants and how to place uh, buyers in the in the market for office. We've been fortunate enough to get some under contract, but it's it's been work. So I think that um, the hybrid model is here to stay. 
Um, but, but with retail, I mean, there's certain, certain stuff that's Amazon proof that you can't replace, like restaurants. Mm-hmm. They're back up and, and swinging in full effect. Um, some of the experiential stuff like fitness is back up uh, up and swinging in full effect. But speaking of Amazon, that has really caused the industrial market to take off. Um, a lot of people are going e-commerce, going storage. So um, industrial development is really picking up. All right. Yeah. Well, and you guys are trying to help me lease this building I got yeah. next door. Shameless plug. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. you guys have been doing great. And uh, you know, if you guys need to get in touch with these guys, go to colliers.com slash Gainesville. Do you want to throw out any other contacts for you? or Yeah. Um, where can people hit you up? Yeah, jason.hurst at colliers.com. Got my partner, dan.drotos, D-R-O-T-O-S, at colliers.com. Yeah. And mad love to Dan and the whole team over yeah. there. You guys have been doing an amazing job. Having and a baby just sometime super, this week. I know, man. That's awesome. Out. Congratulations on the, the baby, Dan. I'm so excited for you, yeah. man. That's like a whole nother world. Whole nother That's level. a whole nother level. A whole nother level. So, H&L. But I'm super appreciative of you guys uh, supporting our show and, and just really helping us get this out there into the world. Man, we appreciate what you do for My Gainesville, man. man. So you yeah. ready to help me uh, like interview some people and I ask some am. questions and I co-host? this baby so we're gonna go round robin yes so you guys today on the show we are hosting our first ever podcast like a podcast update where are they now (laughs) reunion show Uh, i thought it would be great to do this to celebrate episode 150 Uh, i cannot believe that we've been doing this for three years now yeah and consistently every week, and uh, it's been it's been a, just a hell of a ride for myself. It's been fun to watch it grow. It's been fun just to meet p- new people and yeah. and to follow their journey and to participate in some of their journey. And so uh, we've brought back four incredible individuals who were all featured in the first forty, uh, like for our first fifty episodes, I guess. 40, hold on, I got the numbers actually, up to the first 43. So Drew Drew was on episode 43, so that's the up to the latest that we have there for this particular episode. And you were on episode 18. Episode 18 with my main man, Brandon West. Yeah, dude, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a good time. That's, so, yeah, so that's what's so exciting. It's kind of like seeing like how everybody uh, has kind of, where, where they're at now, yeah. where they're at now. So hey, kudos to you, man, for doing this and putting this man. together, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned, I've grown from it. Gainesville's grown from it. And um, I, I, I really like seeing you flow in your gift and your calling, man. It's really um, it's awesome. So Thanks, congratulations man. to you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, my gift is talking. <laughs> it's like, it's all I know how to do. <laughs> it's all I'm good for. So no, thanks thanks you, for man. calling that out to the audience yeah, and letting absolutely. them know. Oh, Colin's here to talk, everybody. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So we're going to go around the room and let our guests just introduce themselves. And, uh, and we'll go from there. And I'm going to start first right here with the young lady on my right. Hi guys, I am Kristen Coffee Presley. I am a fashion and lifestyle blogger here in Florida. I actually started my blog in August of 2015. I went full time in November 2018. I was on Colin's podcast January 2019, only two months after I started full time. And here we are. I'm uh, so excited. What is it, excited. April t- 2021, and I'm still grinding, so. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited to kind of hear where you're at. We'll, we'll come back, we'll circle back Definitely. to that. But it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. And you were on episode, what, 39? Yes. Episode 39. Wow. Yes, so, lots right. have changed. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. Yes. 
Right. Drew. I don't know how I'm going to follow up with that, but uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Drew Sturman. I'm the founder and chief donut officer over at Halo Potato Donuts. <laughs> uh, we began Halo Potato Donuts three-ish years ago uh, with a food truck. Now we've got a brick and mortar, two food trucks. We're expanding to another brick and mortar and then eventually outside of Gainesville. Um, yeah, just donuts and coffee. That's pretty much my life. And I'm your chief donut eater, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got that stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Brad Gamble. Hey there. I'm uh, Brad Gamble, co-founder of The Selling Factory. Uh, we are four and a half years old now and uh, founded by Gators, employing Gators, except for one guy who's an Ohio State guy. But uh, <laughs> Get rid of him now. Uh, he's out. Well, he's a co-founder. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, now we've had a roller coaster the last few years, which I'm sure we'll get into, but happy to be here, and congrats to you, my man. And Brad was, so Brad was on episode two. Man. Like, literally, oh, I mean, you're talking about, like, I literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I, like, it's still one of the episodes, like, I, people, like, respond, like, ah, the volume, you know, the volume or something. A lot of people complained about the sound in that episode. I'm like, yeah, That's I'm funny. like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I was Brad, like, I got to work out some kinks. Can you be on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what the first handful of episodes were. It was like, uh, like, I need was my friend. the studio friend. even here? I mean, we were doing it right here. We didn't really have these beautiful lights yeah. and this beautiful setup that we now yeah. have because James is awesome. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of like, oh yeah, just set up some cameras and record. But I just remember like literally just trying to figure it out and I'm like begging my friends, come be on my podcast, you're what? <laughs> so Brad was one of those early, he was one of those early volunteers that, that gave me the chance. So I appreciate that. It's awesome. Man. So, and my man, Elio Piedra. Pleasure yes. to be here. Uh, I always uh, love bringing the fiesta when calling is around because we get an explosion, you know. <laughs> fiesta <laughs> explosion. That is we true. We love uh, doing events together, but you know, bro, uh, I, you know, following up what Jason was um, mentioning, uh, very humble, very honored, and and grateful with every, with everything that you have done and continue. Um, you keep doing for Gator Nation and for all the entrepreneurs and all the everybody, the business community, and I had the opportunity to be here. On the very like few episodes as well. Episode six. Episode six. Wow. Yeah, ah, we missed my favorite number, which is five. But okay, I'll. Do <laughs> Episode six. Uh, I love bringing the fiesta to you. I'm an entertainer, an entrepreneur. But then only bringing the fiesta. Now also doing the fiesta media, and we can talk about that later. But man. just um, just passionate, man. Passionate about being here at this point in time. Continue. We keep growing, and you know, and I will say developing ourselves yeah, as man. entrepreneurs. It's been so, I feel like you and I get pulled into the same events all the time. <laughs> like, like we're like co-hosting or like one of us will be hosting and he'll obviously have the music because I ain't controlling the music part ever. I, I don't know how to bring the fiesta. I just, again, I just know how to talk. I, I love being around Elio because every time I, come, I feel a little bit better about myself when I leave him. Like if I come in with depression, I need to find Elio because he, he really does bring the fiesta everywhere he goes, man. And I like that fiesta explosion. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> Insert interpretation there. kind of wish like, like, I, I, I'm very curious to see what happens with your kids, Elio, because you got two daughters. You got two daughters, right? Yes. I just like, I just picture them having like the fiesta getting out of bed in the morning. And like, like, I can't, I'm like, you know, I can just, when you have teenagers yeah. and stuff, and then like dragging out of bed, yeah, I just picture no them like literally jumping up and. I don't know, shaking maracas or something. <laughs> <laughs> it gets crazy at home sometimes. I yeah. can tell you that. 
Yeah, it's, it's cool to like just see your social media posts and see how they kind of engage with you on the music stuff. It's a lot of fun, man. So, well, so yeah, I mean, like, again, I want this to be a very open discussion, kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about, but let's let, like, let's state the obvious. So, like, let's swing it back around this way to Ellie, okay? We'll, we'll swing it back and forth. But, like, the, I mean, Elio, when I I first met you at a Chamber of Commerce uh, mastermind meeting session that I was kind of putting together, right? I was like helping them. I remember that. I was helping yeah, them put together that. these roundtables, yeah. and and I mean, you and I just clicked. It was like this energy. It just clicked. But that was the first time I met you, and then and I, I remember like I was like, dude, uh, you need to come on the show, dude. Like, come on the show. And of course, it was very similar early on. It was kind of like, oh, I'll do it. I'm pretty sure you were just kind of like, hey, I'll do anything, like whatever, you know, like and, and it came on because this was like still the time where I'm like yeah. begging people to be on the show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you're gonna beg him to do much. But it's, but it's you even brought his even brought a drum. I mean there was music. I mean it, it was great. So <laughs> at that point you were doing like a lot of wedding stuff, right? Wedding entertainment is is that what you would say was your like main cup of tea? And then so why don't you tell our audience like what you were doing and then like where you're at today because you have evolved <laughs> evolved yeah. i mean the king of pivots right <laughs> so like so like tell us about it man um well again brother thank you for having me here honored to share a little bit of my uh pivoting story i would say <laughs> uh well uh i was doing a lot of corporate events wedding mostly entertainment all over we were performing from tuesday to Saturday, Saturday, and a lot of weeks until Sunday, nonstop. I mean, you name it: Bahama Breeze. Uh, um, I remember Fluid, uh, Big T.W.s. Uh, I don't know, uh, so many venues. But from Tuesday to the end of the week, including weekends, nonstop. On top of that, uh, doing a lot of corporate events, sometimes two or three events in one day, and then uh, weddings during <laughs> weekends. And yeah, we were super busy. So COVID came. And during that time, just to make it like a little like long story short, you know, um, we we went a little bit, uh, we went deeper into branding, you know, we all know like branding and marketing are different things. So we were very deep into branding. Uh, I would love to shout out to, you know, Weavy Marketing, helped me a lot. Uh, the tagline, bringing the fiesta, uh, they own it, by the way, I will say. Um, and they helped me grow, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a person, uh, I have the opportunity to meet all of you guys as well. Um, you help a lot, you know, to, to networking. I also learned a lot from the mastermind at roundtables. It was amazing. Chamber of Commerce, I became a member, the lady the diplomat. It was a lot of networking. So anyways, um, the entertainment, uh, people that they don't know me well, uh, I am a classical trained musician, a uh, classical trained musician, and um, that I, my specialties are piano and percussion, I play drums. Uh, I always been involved into technology a little bit because uh, when I was on tour here in the, in, the, in this country, uh, we got a lot of interviews in different studios, New York, Miami, all of that, and I, instead of going to where I was supposed to sit down to the interview, I started talking to the producers and, and all these things because I knew about encoders, softwares, all of this, but I never talk about that that much, you know, and um, until I started my podcast a few months, six months before COVID hit. So long story short, uh, COVID happened, and uh, we all have now this time to think, what are we going to do next? What is out there for me, or, or what is... What can we create to even support others? Because it was devastating to see all the businesses like yeah. just 
having a tough time, you know, restaurants, different industries, yeah. you know. So, so real quick, this is the thing that I love about you is that like this disaster happens, like the whole world instantly shuts down yeah. and Ellie was like worried about everybody else. Yeah. Like you start worrying about everybody else, but like, not once where you like, oh, like, what am I going to do? All these events are canceled. Like, uh, you know, you know what I mean? It just didn't feel inward. In like, were you, how scared were you for like your living and what you do for a living and making money to support your family when all of this shut down? Uh, I mean, honestly, it, it was the scariest time of my life because, I mean, you go from like, you know me, I'm always motivated and, uh, try to stay optimistic, <laughs> but you're like, hey, we got this too. Uh, we got this too. I don't know if we got this, you know? Yeah. You, you, you get like this point, but when you are down there, from that bottom, you are seeing everybody else, you, you know, in the same position, but also then you start thinking about, wow, imagine the nonprofits. Imagine the families, the kids, all the people that they depend on those nonprofits. Imagine the, all the all the businesses, restaurants, employees that they get fired. Because I remember people talking about me. It's like, yeah, but I am dealing with maybe three or four in my small team. What about all these families that they just they don't have what they used to have? So I started thinking about creating a way, a bridge, a tool to keep connecting the strategies to through the online marketing world. And uh, and, and, and again, I came out with the idea of, in my, my podcast, by the way, was the answer. Uh, because I started meeting people from Canada, from all these places. And then I remember Purdeep Sangha, by the way, that you met, uh, was my first client from Canada. And then I remember talking to Jason about this. And I was like, wow, man, this is amazing how many people you can reach yeah. by streaming and all of this. And since I already have the knowledge, it just took an investment risk, like a big risk. Because if you are not having- I love the way he says risk. Yeah, yeah risk. risk. <laughs> I love it. You gotta say it in a Cuban way. It's so, a much better way, I love it. Makes so, it feel safe. Makes <laughs> it <laughs> like a risk. <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, and then you, you start thinking about, are we gonna do it? And I was like, what is the worst that can happen? It doesn't work, the business model that I'm thinking, it's so good, but at least I tried, and I was all in. And, uh, and I would love like to shout out with all my heart to, to Jorge Villalobos mm -hmm. for the best restoration. Yep. Guy, man, that also guy. Also a sponsor of our show. Also your sponsor, a sponsor of a hundred and I don't know yeah. how yeah, many. Yeah, I mean, all around one great of those guy. guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I remember just to go back how the Fiesta Media really quick. Um, I stop, I say, Jorge, can you stop by the office? I want to present something to see how we can help the business. Maybe we can do something for them. He stopped by, and it was funny because he's so tall. And I, <laughs> I, I was like, my studio was so tiny. And he got there, he was blown away by the technology. But he was like, Elio, but look, man, this is, we need something bigger than this. I can, I, I don't even fit in this chair. I was like, yeah, I mean, I know, but the idea he got, Got it, and he actually said, "You know what? We're gonna get like a um, someone. We're gonna find a new location and all of that." And we we had you know obstacles to find a location. Yeah. The fiber optic, you know, we, you need like a lot of speed to live stream. Yeah. A lot of and, steps, and man. you did it. 
step. And like we you're, did. you're here. So I mean, yeah. you've pivoted. So you've gone wow. from this entertainer, like doing all these weddings, doing all these events, to now really becoming like this producer of live stream shows at the Fiesta Media. Uh, you know, what what percentage? Like, how would you divide up your time if it was a pie chart? Would you say it's more of the live streaming stuff now, or is it still more events, or is it fifty fifty? Like. Um, the percentage in my head is kind of tough, but I, I will tell you this. So in we, on weekends, we're doing weddings every weekend. Okay. And we're doing corporate events uh, during you know, Thursday, Wednesday, depending, especially with the Chamber of Commerce and all of that, supporting nonprofits. But we are producing every day from Monday to Friday at the Fiesta Media. We have, we're doing 20 productions every week, and 14 wow. of them are local podcasts. And another, uh, the rest is just, we're doing one uh, cooking show, kids cooking show. That is called wow. Cats Kachina, by that's, the way. That's one I definitely need to check out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so, Cats Kachina is that cooking show. I love them so much. The two talented kids. And then, uh, again, you know, just, we're doing a lot of educational content, webinars. Uh, shout out to Bamboo Strategic Media. Yeah. My partners oh. on that aspect, you yeah. know, Paul Prusakowski, and uh, and yeah, man, we're nonstop every every day over there. It's, it's That's really awesome, awesome, man. So as 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 COVID presumably is starting to open back up things, are you going to are you going to continue to push your momentum with the the media company? Or are you gonna try to do events too? Because you're you're like a one man show. You're playing the drums. You're singing. You're dancing. Like, what what is your what is your plan and your outlook for you know as things start opening back up? Yeah, that's such a great question, actually, Jason. Because uh, I've been noticing that, um, uh, for example, let's Felipe Stacaria, uh, mm-hmm. one of my partners, Corporation from New Orleans. Shout out to them. So um, th- last year we covered we did the Cyber Cinco Cinco de Mayo online, and they noticed that the the re- Okay, was huge. So <laughs> the results, long term, you go long term, like they're super good and they stay relevant across the entire uh, country. So basically, they are doing it again. So I am, I am noticing that a lot of companies in different industries, no matter what is your industry, if you have that presence online, it's going to help you long term your business. So going back to Jason's question, I am, uh, one of our ultimate goals is to keep pushing towards that. Um, we love our timeline, boosting brands around the world, mm. boosting brands. We mm. are passionate about keep boosting that brand, that growth towards your online presence and help you become an influencer within your industry and your market. Mm-hmm. That's our mission. Wow. Our client's success, it is our success. So that's basically our... Elio can boost idea. anything just off his energy. <laughs> I, I like, I'm telling Seriously. you. I know, like, it's just the, the energy. Uh, man, it's awesome. Like, it uh, like it, it's amazing. Incredible story. job, incredible yeah. work. It's going to be fun to watch it. I can't, I can't wait till episode 300. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so so Brad, I mean, like you jumped in. I mean, episode <laughs> episode two. I, I apologize again for that, uh, but I'm so glad that you came. And uh, we had James Bates on. We really talked a lot about like student, like students, and working mm-hmm. with students mm-hmm. in that episode. I remember. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I can still remember. Um, so I mean, how have things? I mean, you're you guys have changed a lot. We have right? a lot. So <laughs> yeah. why don't you kind of tell us sure. our audience like where you were? Sure. And you know what, uh, in May of 2018 and, and where you guys are at today. Yeah. So we, uh, for those, for just to catch everybody up, we, uh, our business model is we recruit students from university of Florida, bring them into the selling factory, 
teach them how to sell. Mm. And then companies will outsource to our teams of students those job functions. Mm. So wow. that's in 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 uh, 20 seconds, that's what we do. Uh, but what's changed, uh, it was, gosh, we had this or episode two, May of 18, I think we had 20 students on our team. And we had two or three of us leading uh, this group. Mm. And we were in a different office space at the time. And now fast forward since then, we've had, I think we just eclipsed 300 students that have worked wow. for us since then. <laughs> and <crazy>. we've, <laughs> we've worked with, we've had 75 to 80 companies that have hired us over this time period. And wow. it's just been incredible. I mean, it's, it's one of these things where when you're in the moment, you don't realize it when you're actually thinking day by day what's happening, but when you start to reflect quarterly or semi-annually or every year, you're like, my gosh, I can't believe how much has happened. So it's been wild. Uh, I mean, we've had the same leadership team in place now. It's growing. Mm -hmm. um, and having a, I mean, the, the best part of our job though is every day get interact with interact with amazing students uh, that are just, for everybody that says kids these days, it's <laughs> Kid, really, kids these days. Yeah, no, it's not that. Smack in my day. It's like, oh my gosh, kids these days, they're yeah. incredible. And that they're the heart and soul of our company. I mean, the the passion they have, the thirst to learn, um, the motivation, and in the world of sales, it usually involves the phone, right? Yeah. And they are dying to get on the phone. I mean, as a leader of salespeople, when that's you're, so hard to believe. I, I know that is. It's I, feel like, I feel like I have to, you know, yeah. as at the scooter dealership, I have to like text students to get them to actually like respond. Dude, my to employees their are scared to death to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that thing goes off. They're like, "What is that?" As far as yeah, this device is making a funny noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my, my kid is upstairs. He's eleven years old. He'd rather text me or hit up Alexa to, to talk <laughs> yeah. to me. I'm like, yeah. I'm here, dude. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> well, dude, all this stuff, like, sometimes, like, I find my kid, he, like, he's, you know, FaceTiming a friend yeah. while playing a video game at the same yeah. time while I, talking I on a different a screen. About, it's like, crazy. So, <laughs> these students, are they pursuing a career in sales, or is this just a, you know, a resume builder? So, both. So, I would say probably a third to half of our students will go into a sales position of some kind. Gotcha. Most business students, whether you're finance or marketing or management, uh, you're probably going to go. That's that's the biggest entry point to a big company is mm -hmm. through the sales department. What type of industries are they going into <clears throat> for these sales jobs? Oh, gosh. I mean, the biggest companies in the world recruit out of UF. Mm. So just this graduating class that we have this year, which is probably 35 students, they're going to Oracle, they're going wow. to Amazon, they're going to CDW, they're going to Chewy, uh, just nice. gigantic companies. And, uh, and some smaller companies as well, which is cool because look, each, each student when they're graduating, they're saying, do I want to take the corporate path or do I want to work for a startup mm -hmm. or do I want to start a business? Some go to law school, we try to talk them out of it, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, some, uh, some, some and, and so we do have students from uh, other colleges outside of business like journalism, communications, um, liberal arts. So, but most they, they want to just learn how to communicate and learn how to to have have confidence in the way that they speak and be able because selling is not just selling a piece of property or selling a new podcast ad. It's selling yourself and it's yeah. selling ideas to others. You know, somebody in your it's somebody uh, 
you know, in your in your in your shop saying, hey, I've gotten this idea for this incredible donut. Mm-hmm. Let me sell you on this idea. And if they're good, they might sell you on it. Yeah. If they can't sell, you might think that's a terrible idea. So uh, do you think that the um, the sales process since you've been doing the selling factory has changed over time? Like, for instance, in real estate, it's changed because everybody has information at their fingertips. They can find everything else about a property before they even call you. So when they're calling you, they're almost an expert. So we have to kind of sell to you know what we know about the market and add some kind of value there. But in, in your world and the students that you work with, have you seen that dichotomy shift as well for the, the selling process? Yeah, I mean, customers and prospects are getting smarter every, not getting smarter, have access to more information now yeah. than they've ever had access to. The biggest change we've seen, and, and I've been leading sales team for 20 years now, is now we're seeing to where empathy is one of the biggest things mm. that you can have genuinely caring about people, yeah. um, not just trying to force them or, you know, you get, if you get a telemarketing call and they just start diving into a pitch and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I answered this and you hang up. Yeah. But it's just being honest and transparent and empathetic and nice yeah. and smiling. It's amazing like, how those soft skills have kind of diminished over the years oh, yeah. in the customer service process. We, we see it in our restaurants too. Just the empathy is just like a lost we're, we're bringing it back. Yeah, please, bring it back. please, please. Bring yeah, it back. I mean, so. it's funny because, like, even in New Scooters Plus, and I mean, we're always trying to like focus on customer service yeah. and just really having that authentic care for yeah. the other person. You know, <laughs> I, I kind of like. I, I actually have a question for you. You don't mind? I don't. Uh, since uh, you know, we all believe that people do business with people they know, like, and trust, and communication skills are crucial to for the um, sales process. What is the the lack of uh, I will say what is the, the the I will say the aspect that you think that they are lacking the most you know especially in the young generation. Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, be careful here. No, don't roll. No, it's 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 tough because they're so good. Um, you know, I I think probably just the ability to take rejection and realize that it's mm. not about you. They're, somebody's yeah. not rejecting you. Yeah. They're rejecting this this situation, yeah. and it's not personal. And look, a, a seasoned sales professional is, is a little, has a, a tougher skin yeah. for that. I'm practicing and, that with my wife right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And that just takes reps. You have to, it's more at-bats, it's more calls, it's yeah. more interactions to where you learn that. And that's where our students are coming in, and they're, they're very raw. And they, yeah. they're thirsty, and they're, they're dying to learn, but they haven't, they haven't been told I can't stop calling me or I, you're bothering me or hang up or they haven't really dealt with that before. Yeah. So we do a lot of coaching on how to handle that and how to handle rejection. And man, I tell you, after six months to a year, the difference that you see uh, of just going through those reps, it's night and day. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. That's so good. It can affect your mental health, too, because we, we get reject, rejected a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so almost on a daily basis, we get rejected more than we get yes. So being able to handle that is that's amazing that you're teaching that. That's yeah. a great soft skill to have. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been incredible. So we've uh, I mean, fast forward now uh, we've we're uh, gosh, we've got more team members than we've ever had. Uh, last year was pretty rough. We uh, we lost half our customers overnight and about this time last year mm-hmm. um, and it was wow. I mean we were on pace for an incredible year and because we've been growing just exponent every year is just getting better and better and then wham this hits and half our customers call up and say yeah stop what you're doing because we don't know what's going to happen now and we don't have budget hmm. for this yeah 
And then so it was a lot of clawing and scrapping. And thankfully, we didn't furlough anybody. We didn't lay anybody off. We didn't get rid of anybody. We were able to hold it together. And then, I mean, and then now making it through the back end of 2020, um, it's been incredible. I mean, just it's I don't know if it's the world's adoption of remote work. It's now normal, whereas before it wasn't really normal. It's kind of an oddity. Right. And that combined with companies that can't find people, they just can't find labor. Yeah. And so we've been, I mean, now we're, we're on pace now to just have a gigantic year and we couldn't be more humbled and excited about that. That's right. awesome. Were you like really freaking out when it all started happening? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just, I mean, you look at this and so I set up a, uh, when, as soon as we, we went fully remote on March 12th, right after UF went remote. And we had at the time 40 or 60 people, 40 or 50 people. And so um, I start, I set up a spreadsheet that tracked our cash on a weekly basis. And because before you look at your monthly financials and you look at your how much cash is in the bank, what are your expenses? But I'm like, no, I need to know per week what yeah. our expenses are. Yeah. And so every day I just, I, and, I, and it's funny, I, I still use that spreadsheet today because I'm so used to it. It's such a good temperature check. Yeah. But I'm just, you're just watching your bank account balance go down every week. Yeah. Scary every week. week. Scary time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Scary I'm in year time. three and I feel that now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you, you don't have, you know, three years of expenses socked away somewhere yeah. for a rainy day. You're still building, right? And we're still building. Yeah. So, Last wow. question really quick before we jump over to Drew. Um, I know that you had, and I don't know, I think you put it into practice, but you guys had some sort of virtual sales room. Mm. Are you able to talk about that? Cause it was kind of, it was kind of a unique yeah. thing. It, it, tell me if I'm describing it right. It was like everybody was working, but in like a TSF virtually, they were yeah. able to go in and communicate with each other. And is that, is yeah. that kind of the right idea? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is. Like a, uh, uh, a 3D so world kind of? It was, it was a virtual reality office. Okay. Um, sales department. And where did this come from? Did this come from so the pandemic our, or? Yeah, so one of our campaign managers, Zach, uh, is going to NYU right now. Um, and he's incredibly creative and he's been with us for a couple of years now. He works uh, part time for us. And he started when we went remote, we said, well, it's tough to live on Slack and Zoom. And yeah. it's just and all of our students are working from their apartments or their dorms or at their parents house. So he found a uh, platform, a Mozilla Hubs platform, and he built an office, a digital office. And. <laughs> literally you, you you can you can use VR goggles or we just use it on our on our browser but literally you walk wow. it, you 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 build an avatar of yourself and you walk into the office virtually and you go in and you see all your coworkers in the office and they all have their avatars their name is floating above their head some people somebody was like a big chicken one day and somebody's a seahorse <laughs> the next day <laughs> i was a giant red panda bear <laughs> <laughs> that was my avatar. And so, uh, but from a coaching perspective, what was amazing was you can you can cruise around the office and it had audio that was built in through it. So we would, like I would roll up here next to Elio and I could hear him on the phone and coach him through his calls wow. and help with rejection wow. and help with all the different techniques we're coaching them. We're literally like we're right next to them.
them. So cool. And so we've wow. now built, we've now upgraded our, our residence and we have a nicer virtual office now that's much bigger. And uh, <laughs> has uh, and then we put games on the walls. We have surveys. People can go over there and really? what's your favorite cereal and stuff like that. And oh, That's wow. neat. And so, yeah, I mean, we still use it to this day. It's that's very it's, cool. It's really yes, cool. Yeah. Nobody's wow. getting COVID virtually. No. It's like able to be in the same to be. It's like a Sims selling factory. It's what, yeah. Yeah, it's what it was. So. Yeah, it's so, wow. it's awesome. so cool. And But did that kind of stem from the fact that everybody was virtual? Like yes. had to be remote? Well, we were we were 100% in person on March 11th. Right. And March 12th, we were 100% remote. So, so it was a solution to and, that And problem. we were just, I mean, we were very anti-remote work before that because yeah. we wanted to have that collaborative experience and coach and train right there next to people. So that was missing when we were when we were trying to live on Slack and, and Zoom calls. Cool. So Zach wow. built it. Of course, now we're thinking, how do we build a business out of this? Because this is really freaking <laughs> right. cool. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Super neat. Yeah, yeah. so we've got to stay focused. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it's... Uh, I'm glad that you're here. And it's super exciting just to see how far you've come. And I know like Brad and I are like really good friends. And so I'm always like seeing the stuff that's happening. I feel like on a day to day basis so much, you know, so it's, it's neat to watch it grow. Well, if we need mutual therapy sessions, we're there for each other. That's right. That's right. So Drew, man. I, I, I'm excited to hear this for sure. Uh, I don't know if you remember Drew, but I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you just in case. But when you first like when we first connected about doing the the podcast, mm-hmm. I remember I was like I was like yeah like Drew like I get it like I, I want to have you on the show I like I really want to have you on the show but I I kind of want you to actually get your food truck out there. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I want to see you. I want to I want to like I want to see you like actually like have I, I want to have something to talk about yeah. when you come on the show like yeah. what it's like actually operating a business like I'm all about helping you get the word out like let's tell her about about Halo Potato but I mean you were in the very similar place where it was like you were like just launching yeah just yeah. launching so so first off thank you guys for for having me back on the podcast I appreciate everything you're doing for Gainesville uh, Jason thank you for sponsoring this because this is pretty cool um, and. I'm sitting here like as they're talking, trying to rack my brain because I feel like I've been going 150 miles per hour for the past year and a half, two years. <laughs> I'm trying to retrace my steps. <laughs> how how i how I'm here right now? Yeah. And so I, I took myself back to that that podcast, and I'll kind of pick up from that podcast. So that podcast, I had a food truck. I think I had three or four employees. We were we were going. We were trying to figure things out, suppliers, um, how really how to make donuts still. We really had no <laughs> idea at the time, even after owning a food truck, of, of even how to make a donut. And so during that podcast, like you said, it was, it was really early on. We were getting our feet wet. Um, since then, we've – so I'll take you from the food truck. Then we eventually realized that we couldn't produce as many donuts as we wanted out of the food trucks. Then we realized it's time to get a shop. Mm -hmm. And so in, gosh, I think it was November of 2019. So later in that year, we went and got a uh, shop of our own. And so when that happened, we basically grew 10x. Um, We were able to produce donuts in a physical shop. We were able to hire a lot more staff. Um, stay open a lot longer, and we use that shop and that food truck as really one a satellite location and the other a retail location, a brick and mortar. And so we we launched um, November 2019. That's kind of the food truck. I don't even consider really like 
a business at that point. It was kind of still like a hobby. It was yeah. like we weren't making any money. We were losing money on every sale. Um, it wasn't until we got to the <laughs> shop when we started figuring out pricing, mm-hmm. um, how to manage a team, how to make donuts, uh, how to how to grow. And so we launched the brick and mortar. It was a huge hit, um, and you know we we just kept learning. And so leading into 2019, we had about 11 people on staff. And by the time we were, it was like February, early March, right before COVID hit, um, we had just pretty much doubled staff. So we were like 18 to 20 people. Um, Sometimes we'd have some floaters that would come in. So right around 20 employees. And then COVID hits. And honestly, you know, I've talked to so many other business owners and you know, so restaurants are notorious for, for closing down in year one. Like one in a hundred yeah. make it after year one. And if you make it to year two, you are like one in every hundred of that batch. And then you throw a pandemic into the mix. And <laughs> yeah. it has been, I feel like I have aged 10 years. <laughs> I, I'm going to be straight up. Like I was st- I was, I was like, dude, this is over. When, when COVID first hit, I was like, we're gonna have to shut down because it. We went through a bunch of different phases during COVID. We went through the non-essential, essential phase. Yeah. And donuts, is it essential? Is it non-essential? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's essential. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty so sure. here I am. I, you know, I'm, I'm the fan club over here. I'm saying it is essential. <laughs> well, you know, we went through weeks. We had to shut down, and we went through weeks of. Um, going through that essential, non-essential phase. And mm. finally, when they announced that restaurants were essential, we're like, okay, we have to make this work. And luckily, we had the perfect setup for the shop. We had a walk, we had two walk-up windows. We had a food truck that people could walk up or drive to. Um, and so we were, we were fortunate, we were set up for COVID, mm. like for a pandemic, and we had to make it work. And so they determined that we were essential and we hit the ground running. And, um, you know, we just, one, we started doing um, pre-order pickups. We started doing like call ahead ordering. Um, we, you know, it, we basically tried every single thing to keep people interested in, in purchasing donuts during this time. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, when a pandemic hits, it causes a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Stress causes a lot of eating. And not necessarily healthy foods, a lot of donuts and a lot of carbs and a lot of just stress foods. Yeah. And so we we it was like buy ten boxes, was, get one free. It really was. We were we were so this is you know, we're coming in the summer, we're like, okay, this thing's still here. Oh, like, what are we gonna do about it? And so I'll kinda this is kind of this is kind of really personal. Um, I don't really share this story very often, but I will now. So the PPP, the first round of PPP hits, and we're like, oh thank God, like we can, you know, we've got 18 to 20 employees. We can use that money over two and a half months. We can really build a safety net for us. Yeah. So we apply. And we, when we went and put in the application, they wanted 2019 taxes. Well, so 2019 taxes, we had two employees on staff. Mm-hmm. So we applied for the PPP. And so they went <laughs> off of two employees yeah. of payroll. Now we have 18 to 20. And when we got our PPPM out, I think it was like eleven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That was one week of payroll for us. That covered one week, and that wasn't even me taking a cut, or any other managers taking a cut. Mm. 
And so we were freaking out. I, I tried calling the SBA hotline every single day. Of course, it's flooded. You can't yeah. get through. Yeah. It was a disaster. And it was at that moment, basically, where we had, it was, you know, my mom works right alongside me in the business. My fiance, she works right alongside me. Every, we, you know, we were sharing an apartment at that time. Thank God, because we were able to reduce our costs <laughs> and our expenses. But every night we'd come home and say, what are we going to do next? We, we didn't get any money from this SBA program. Not enough, at least. Um, you know, we have a ton of employees that we don't want to let go. We don't want to furlough. We have a lot of expenses ourselves. What are we going to do? And so we put our head down and we got super creative at that point. We started offering so many different, you know, walk up, uh, pre-order pickup, um, they're what we were delivering them in our personal vehicles, just just trying to make as much sales as we possibly could. <laughs> so we were able, we got clever enough, and we just kept pounding the you know the pavement, just like okay, we have to stay alive. And we launched. Um, we decided to we we were actually fortunate enough. We applied for a second loan, the the EIDL loan. Um, and the EIDL loan, we took that money, and we we're like, okay, we can either you know keep it in the bank account, or we can invest it and keep trying to grow. And so we put that money to use, and we actually went and purchased a um, the trailer, the little trailer. So now we had a shop, we had a food truck, and we had this new little trailer, and we're like, we just have to keep going as fast as we possibly can to stay alive. So we launched the trailer. At this point, we're now at like 23, 24 employees. <coughs> we're just like, just keep going, man. And so we you know, made it to the fall of last year. Um, we got to Christmas time, we closed down, and we we're just like, okay, if we make it to 2021, like we're just gonna have to go 100%. So we get to 2021, and uh, it's actually been the busiest we've ever been in our entire lives. Wow. We are, we have a, we started, Uber Eats was taking too much of a cut, um, so we said, screw it, we're gonna do our own delivery. There you go. So we got our own software, we got our own, we hired all our own drivers, we taught all the own drivers and said, we're gonna keep this in house. Um, we have two food trucks you know, out that are operating Thursday through Sunday. One of them's a drive-through, so people don't even have to get out of their car, they just pull up to the food God truck. God bless you. Get their box. <laughs> that's awesome. We've got another trailer yes. that's walk-up. And then we've got our brick and mortar that offers, you know, you can do call ahead, you can also do walk-up, um, and now a delivery option. So we have tried to just go as fast and as many directions as possible to keep this thing And you're alive. doing another one, right? Yes, so we've got the two food trucks right now and the shop. Uh, Tower Road, which actually Collier's yep. hooked us up with that location. Uh, it's going to be on Tower Road. It's going to be opening November of this year. Um, and it's actually with Mitch Glazer. Um, so he's building the property. And nice. Shout out to Mitch. It's, we are so excited for that location because it's the first time that we feel as if there could be enough cash flow oh, yeah. from, that, <laughs> no from that location no to no eventually <laughs> never have to go no borrow again. It becoming our own bank. And so wow. my eyes are completely set on, you know, November of this year. And then we have plans for major expansion. We want to go to Tampa. We're looking at Orlando um, and eventually going national. That's awesome. So we started, so so your episode, we I think we had, I want to say. It all happened because he was featured on this show. Yeah. I don't know if I you wanna, guys understand that or not. It can only be. I want to say we had, we had. I don't like, want to take all the credit for Drew's success. I think but. we had like three or four employees that, that episode, that first episode, uh, we had three or four employees. Now we've got around 35. And they're actually having a staff meeting right now 
while I'm here. So Good for them. It's, uh, yeah. So they don't need to know where <laughs> I am. You do that work. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's an interesting question. Like, are you still like in the uh, you know in the the grid of it making donuts, or are I you was, like full time managing people looking at the expansion options? Like, I, where? Was, I was washing dishes on Sunday. Okay. So you're, <laughs> I was. <laughs> we are. As Brett, you know, Brad, you have that spreadsheet that's week to week. That is our life right now because we are just trying. Like I said, we're trying to reinvest every single dollar. Like my accountant looks at the account and she's just like, Drew, you got to get some more money in there. man." And I'm like, listen, we have just got to keep going. Like and there's there's no you know, there's no time off. There's nothing. And um, but yeah, I. So is the growth model going to be a franchise model? So. Like, can I have my own Halo Potato Donuts? Because I'm ready. So the, the, game, the game plan is this. There's, there's kind of two different routes that you can go with expansion. Well, actually three. You can go private, you can go franchise, or you can go a licensing model. So private is obviously, you're going to have your hands full. You have to keep consistency across all locations. It's you at the helm of it. Franchise, you can give somebody else the opportunity to run their own, but then you give them a lot of control and they could run it into the ground. The other model that we're really looking at right now is called licensing. And licensing is basically, um, it's it's an alternative to franchising where you can give somebody the, the opportunity to open their own Halo up front for a cheaper cost. Mm-hmm. And instead of charging them an annual fee, like a royalty fee, like 8% of sales comes back to us every year, for using the name, the rights, and all of that. We charge you a different way. We actually charge you on the ingredients and running social media for you. So I compare it to Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola will go give you the machine for free, but then they'll charge you for the syrups. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. We'll, we'll give you it for a low up you know upfront cost, but where we're gonna make our money and expand more is gonna be really turning into like a flower company. Um, And a a donut company that does this really, really well over the past 25 years is Daylight Donuts. So there's one on Main Street. Mm -hmm. I think they've got like 600 locations across the country. They are actually not a donut company. If you go online and you research how many employees they have and what they actually do, it's called the Daylight Donut Flower Company Mm. because they did this same model. They basically Mm. said, you can go open them up and we're going to sell you the flour. And so... That's kind of you know my perspective on the whole thing. It's nice. very cool. I got a burning question yeah. for you. Now, this it makes me um, want you guys more, but it also makes me a little bit upset when I when I think about it. But do you guys run out of stuff on purpose, or <laughs> is it that you haven't figured out the cost That's of goods good model question. to keep up with demand? No. Because I'm like upset, but I'm like, mm, but I'm coming back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Scarcity, man. Yeah, Scarcity. So, so, exactly. So. Great question. And, I, and we get. This. I don't mean to put you on the spot, yeah, but yeah. I'm like, I'm so, gonna come back on Friday. Question. It's a great question. <laughs> the the short answer is we. So we have an 800 square foot shop on Main Street. Yeah, we've got a hood vent. We just purchased our second fryer in there. If you go in there, I would say there's maybe a hundred feet of walkable space in there. Yeah. Everything is. We have to build up because we can't add any more tables. Yeah. We're so and there's 25 people working in there. And so we, our, our head baker, his name's Peter, um, he gets there at midnight and he starts making the dough. And mm. so when, we, when I first got on the podcast, I had this little, little tiny mixer, which I would say, you know, your home mixer can make like a little batch of cookies. 
The next one up that we you know had was it's called a Hobart 20 quart, and it's basically like 10 times the size of your home mixer. Mm-hmm. We got so busy that now we're at a 60 quart, which is basically looks like a World War II machine. I it is the mixing bowl on it is wider than my arms can can go around, and he's doing like 10 to 12 batches a day, which Dang. is like three to four thousand donuts a day. Yeah. And we're doing, still doing hand rolled, hand cut, hand decorated, wow. and so there's a there's this inflection point where you have to meet freshness freshness with how much you can actually produce oh, because yeah, we don't want to get started at 9 p.m. the night before, or else your donuts are going to be they're going to be like six hours old by the time you get them at 7 yeah. a.m. And so we have to start at midnight because then you can still maintain freshness, and we're still frying up until like 9, 10 a.m. Okay. Yeah, so and Jason, so, the answer is standing in line at midnight. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. To be first in we, line. We're thinking about yeah. making like it's a VIP where you can knock on the yellow side doors. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all for subscription but, uh, service. <laughs> it's what, the reason we're so excited for Tower because um, Mitch – in our lease agreement has been fortunate enough to give us provide us a 15 foot hood vent which is going to give us like four fryers underneath there nice we're going to have even a bigger mixer than the one we have now more space and so we when we get to that point we hope not to run out i'm, I'm there yeah i'm there man <laughs> it, awesome. it, it, it's it is cool. nice selling it's, out no it is it's, it's yeah, a great it selling is, point it's crazy it really it's like you always see that on social media sold out yeah You're like uh it's great then, marketing tactic. like you said they're back the next day yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the funny thing yeah and the branding is all all on point. You guys do a fantastic job with yeah. the Instagram. It yeah. like, I, I think you're doing yeah. an incredible job with like creating this like cult like following, yeah. and 100%. that is incredible. It, re- it reminds me of a brand that I really like called Johnny Cupcakes, which is not yes. a cupcake uh, company. It's yeah, an actual yeah. it's, a it's a t-shirt, t-shirt company. company, but like it's uh, very much the same way. We get the lines around the block. Yeah. You know, people are waiting for that for that release, and <clears throat> and it's really really cool. So, Matt, props, man. I'm so glad that we. Contributed all the success to your success. <laughs> all because of Colin. <laughs> a lot of views. <laughs> Can't see it any other way. Nah, it's, it's pretty awesome. I have a question for, for yes. you, actually, because uh, we've been mentioning, um, you know, like growth, uh, you know, growing to the obstacles and all of this. But anyway, my question to you would be like, if you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to meet face to face to the Drew that was before the pandemic. All right. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? To mm-hmm. that's a great question. To I would say you're extremely naive. At that time, before the pandemic, I thought I thought I was invincible. I really <laughs> did. It was the pandemic. It was the it was that non-essential essential period that I keep talking about that that broke me. I mean, I I went home and I was in tears. I was like, dude, the business is over. Like this is. I might as well start finding out what else to do. I was extremely naive at that time. Now I take, I don't take anything for granted. I, you know, everything that's gotten us to this point we've earned. Um, and we're just, and, and I think, I think what I've learned from pre-pandemic to now is always stay on your toes, always adapt. Don't yeah. ever get complacent in business <clears throat> or mm-hmm. else you're going to be the dinosaur. And yeah. so it's, just staying on your toes and that's the way I'm going to look at it. You know, I have a plan over the next five to seven years to eventually sell this thing to a, hopefully a Dunkin' or a Krispy Kreme or Pepsi or someone that wants to own a potato donut company. 
But to get to that point, to be enticing enough to purchase in five to seven years, we just have to keep adapting yeah. over time. Yeah. So I'm way less naive, I think. We'll have to yeah. have you back in five to seven years. And one, thing, <laughs> one thing I did want to add that I... That day that we were that we had that first podcast, um, something really interesting was kind of going on in the background. I I wasn't able to talk about during that podcast, but I am now. Yeah. Um, I had business partners during that podcast, and we were actually going through a buyout during that podcast. Mm, okay, and there was three of them, and you know, I wouldn't call them partners. I would just call them um, very noisy investors. And learn that lesson. You know, is there a quiet one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no quiet. There was no yeah. quiet ones. Um, and so during that podcast, I mean, I look back on that episode. I was like, "Gosh, man, I was so stressed," and I and I hit it so well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but now I own 100 percent of the company and don't have them calling me or emailing me every day. That's all. Awesome. So, that's yeah. great. That'd, yeah, be, that's that'd great, be super man. interesting yeah. to dive into more later too. Oh, yeah. And if not, then we'll have to have you come back and we'll do it again. <laughs> so, Kristen, it is so good to see you. And I'm so glad you're here. I, I, when I look back at our uh, episode, like, I just remember just being completely fascinated with, like, everything that you were doing and all uh, just, I mean, and, and really it was with your blog. I know you said there was, bit, you kind of have pivoted your blog or at least the name of it, right? I just so, so, yeah. so yeah, let's catch me up because I'm super interested. Uh, just catch me up. Like where, where were you then? And then where are you at today? Well, when we did the podcast, it was January, 2019. So I had only been working full time for literally two months. I you had left your job to do I, this yes, full time yes. at that time. And I, looking back now, I mean, I was so confident, but I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> to be honest. No idea. So you make it. Yeah. Um, so 2019 is just kind of like a blur. Like I just was working. Um, August 2019 came around. I signed with the management company. I know we talked about that. And I was actually listening to our podcast on the way here just to kind of see where I was and you know what I said and everything. And I had 86,000 followers and now I have 318,000 on Instagram. Yes. Um, So that has grown a lot. (laughs) Um, And then, like I said, I signed on with the management company in August, 2019. I did end up going to New York Fashion Week in September, 2019. I know we chatted about that too because I was invited the um, year before, but it was just too last minute that I couldn't go. And then December 2019, I hired my first assistant and she worked with me up until this month. And then I hired a full-time assistant literally last week. She just started on Monday. So super excited to have her, yes. And I know COVID hit last year. I was kind of freaking out just because like social media, I didn't know where I was going and everything, but social media didn't slow down. It just sped up. Yeah. So honestly, Got more time on our hands. Exactly. <laughs> honestly, it it helped my business okay. a lot. Yeah. Everyone was at home on their phones. Um, retailers were doing all these crazy sales because they were trying to get people to still continue yeah. buying. And I was sharing the sales and it was 
I mean, people were buying. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'm gonna say is people were still buying. Got so. that stimmy. Have you yeah. evolved? Have you evolved to any other platforms, or is it still like all the time being spent on Instagram? It's pretty much Instagram. I mean, my blog. Um, it's right. no longer for the love of coffee.com. I rebranded um, just because as I grow, I just felt like it was kind of young. She um, said for the love of coffee. Yes, my I, last name, my maiden name's Coffee. I'm following you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my maiden name is Coffee. Um, so I rebranded and it's just KristenCoffee.com. Um, and I still focus on fashion and lifestyle. And, you know, when we start trying to have kids and we're now building a house, things are going to evolve and kind of grow. So I'm super excited about that. Okay, so I don't, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I already know what you're going to ask me. Well, because I asked you on the show. I know, right? I know. I asked, so and I was like super like glad that you were transparent enough and, and told me but I, mm-hmm. I asked Kristen on uh, that episode which was what did we say it was episode four, 39 episode 39 mm-hmm. okay I had asked you okay and this was only after two months of doing it full time mm-hmm. we're, we're basically trying to project yes. 2019 yes and I said Kristen how much money will you make off of Instagram this year Mm-hmm. And I said, and you said eighty to a hundred. You think that'd be about eighty to a hundred. That was what I was dollars. hoping to make, right? Yeah. Yes. And if I recall, mm-hmm. you had messaged me, right? I want to say about this time. It was, it was April. April. It was mm-hmm. like April, and you said it was pretty much like, oh my gosh, I've already hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I was like, that was like, that was like, that was two, back in 2019. Two months later. And yeah. so like, I know like humbly, like, you know, you don't necessarily want to tell everybody how much, <laughs> how much money you're like making. But I would, I mean, if you will tell me, I would love to oh, know I'll tell you how, how, how much, much I you made did in 2019. 2019. Yes. Okay. Maybe not now, but <laughs> 2019, I ended up making close to 300. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> 300? Forget donuts. Wow. Let's I'm go. Donuts. So many questions I need to ask. Yeah. I mean, my husband is a donut connoisseur. <laughs> but... I'll trade. I'll trade. Yeah. And and all yeah. of this and most of that revenue was coming from influencer marketing on Instagram and Instagram, like through affiliate stuff. Affiliate like, brand like, deals. Okay. Yes. Yes. And now I've kind of like I have my Poshmark. Um, I have presets which are like photo filters that I work with a photographer on. So that's included. Um, just a couple of different other things that you know. So you want to tell us how much you're making in 2021? No. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I've got questions. No. I've got, yeah, I've got a lot. I, I got a lot too. Yeah, you know, go first. It's, it's so, so intriguing. It's so intriguing. Uh, I I know nothing about you know. Okay, so I'm a company and I want to pay for an influencer to post something on a story okay. or, or a regular post. What is the going rate right now for someone that has 300,000 followers? So I've always been told that you multiply your following by 100 without telling you my rate. (laughs) Dang. So like if you um, ask someone who has 10,000 followers, it's probably going at about $1,000 for an Instagram post. Is there a whole GMV discount? 10 times 100? That's a thousand, right? Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. yeah. These guys are still adding. I, know, that's, I, I thought you were like, like the whole hundred thousand. <laughs> oh, no, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, a hundred thousand. Okay. So are you saying 1, if you have 300,000, 
a so going rate is like three thousand dollars for uh, yes. per post. Okay. Per post. I'm following gotcha. you now. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I'm three sorry. Three grand per post if you have three hundred. So a thousand per hundred thousand. Wow. Yes. I did. I did pitch. Yes. Thanks, Jason. Don't ask me for math. Second question. I'm so intrigued by this. Is it is it based off engagement you're getting? Is it do people yes. like do companies ask to see that info? Yes. So anytime a brand emails me, uh-huh. they always request to see my engagement, my reach, my impressions, my um, demographics, like how many women are following me, how many men are following me. Like they they look at all of that before wow. we negotiate a rate. Yeah. yeah, have you have you done any studies to measure the impact of what that post brings back, like the ROI of if I pay you three grand, yeah, what that gets back? Well, number one, the company won't reach back out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, with affiliates, so a lot of like boutiques that I work with. I can also link their stuff and get commission off of, so the brand is paying me, plus I'm getting commission like off of an, on an affiliate site, mm-hmm. and I can actually see how many purchases I get. So wow. I shared a boutique a couple weeks ago, and I think I had over 100 orders. Mm-hmm. So, wow. And I mean, you always know, because if a brand rebooks you, then obviously you're doing something right. Yeah. So, And I work with a lot of the same brands month after month after month. Okay. Can I ask you a, a question? How do you, how do you uh, assess or decide brands that you want to represent with your with your image with That's your good. influence? I mean, how, how do you decide who gets to who gets to be part of your experience? So I have a lot of emails a day, and me and my manager we kind of like sift through them and see, you know, what really aligns with what I share. Um, Obviously, I'm more fashion-based, so a lot of boutiques will reach out to me, and I kind of just kind of see if it's my style. If it's not my style, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll have to pass. But other things, kind of just research the brand. If it really aligns with who I am, then I will share. But a lot of times, I will send brands to my manager, and she'll get the contact from for them, and we will reach out to them. So it's people that I am going after, too. So, gotcha. And I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about coffee. So, um, <laughs> as an influencer, um, let's talk about uh, strategic planning and marketing yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it, you are more more uh, effective when you are posting more often, or is about the quality of the content that you are posting representing these brands? How that works? So. This one's hard because Instagram is so finicky. I mean, if you guys are on social media, you know that Instagram will hide you for literally no reason. And so (laughs) my story views, I've had my story views be at 60,000. And then I've also had my story views the next week be at 15,000. And I legit have no idea what what's wrong so do you panic when that happens yes because if i send a brand you know my engagement and it's at forty five thousand, and then i have to send them my analytics after i post and it's at 17 they're like what the heck happened i'm like i don't know like (laughs) wow yeah i have no idea so if it's a really 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 good brand that i know are going to request analytics and stuff i will try to get my story views to be really really high that day either by posting because instagram really favors like polls questions um like anything like that like the little 
you know mm-hmm. the little add-ons that yeah you that you can do so i'll try to like ask a lot of questions or polls and then post a good collaboration and do you have a content team that helps you with those posts and all of your material so like your assistant what what, what is the job description for your assistant everything your <laughs> <laughs> that's Literally, the best kind of assistant everything I, I mean ask, she's please. my right hand girl she helps yeah. me create content okay. uh, plan content my manager helps me plan content too okay. um, and then are you spending a lot of time planning or yes. is it yeah okay. yes with as much as I take on, yes. Because I'm trying, I'm honestly trying to take on as much as I can right now before we start having babies. Okay. So, yeah. Because I know that's going to slow you down a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it will. T- yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like, that's will you bring proven. that aspect into your story? Of cool. course. Okay. Yeah. And I will start working more with baby, baby brands. brands and- mm-hmm. I, 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 nice. I have another question, you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I have, I know some influencers that are friends of mine, and they know some people that used to buy fake followers. So, my question is, they say that these people, when you buy fake fake followers, because sometimes they're, they're telling me, hey man, you should try this. I don't know, man, mm-hmm. that sounds so weird. Because they say that Instagram, the algorithm, can hide you actually from the news feed. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I haven't got any, but <laughs> do you know? Yeah, because they are pushing me into this. I was like, no, no, I don't want to try it, because it seems like it's going to be the end of your account. Yeah, don't, no, 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 don't buy fake followers. Yeah. And because people will know, too, because if your engagement isn't... Exactly. Where your following is, then yeah. something's something's off. So, so. How, how how are you growing your follower followership? What do you mean? How are you growing like from? Oh, how do, yeah. How do I go from three hundred thousand to now? And you're going to try so to five hundred thousand. It was a lot easier to grow a follow. Right now, it's I've been at three eighteen for months. Yeah. Like hmm. December. Like yeah. I don't know what Instagram's doing, but hmm. I, I can't grow. But giveaways not loop giveaways i don't know if you guys ever heard of them but giveaways with like my friends so other bloggers that i've met that i know that i hang out with um there's like five of us and we'll give away like a peloton or Mm. something like that a louis vuitton and we take our own money and put it towards this and then um do the giveaway and Mm. that's their following will follow me and Mm. you know vice versa so that's how that works so you will say that, that's a great question, by the yeah. way, mm-hmm. Jason. So you will say that partnering with other influencers mm-hmm. within your own industry will yes. help you grow faster and expand? Yes, mm. 100%. That's, that's a hack. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Because it's not competition. Every There's there's room for everyone in my industry. So we, I mean, we all love each other. We've all hung out. Like, we've all been to conferences together. So it's more of like, you know, collaborative over competition. Yeah. Uh, and, and another question, you don't mind. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, a cycle of media. but. <laughs> YouTube, are you? Do you think your Instagram in, impacts your YouTube as well? I don't have a YouTube. What? No. Really? So does this? I feel like this I do is... stories all day, every day that people aren't going to want to see my <laughs> face on YouTube. <laughs> no, yeah, but it, it is so. And editing is not me. I follow Vanessa <laughs> Vanessa Liu. I don't know if you know, but Vanessa is kind of like you know, like this huge, like you uh-huh. in, in Instagram, and she's like crazy on YouTube as well. So I have this perception yeah. of like every single. Everyone has YouTube. Well, like Instagram influencers mm-hmm. has have YouTube. No Facebook that much, but YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Wow. I, I kind of did it like once or twice, like back in 2017. And I was like, this is not for me. You know, it's so interesting because like when I look at YouTube, I'm like the organic 
the, the ability to get more organic reach, right? Because of the SEO and the fact that Google owns YouTube. So when yeah. somebody were to search right. for her name, it might mm-hmm. pop up on Google. You know what I mean? Like, or the videos might pop up on, like those yeah. are the things I think about. Like, I, I think I get nervous when I, I see somebody who's doing as, as as well as you are and then thinking that, you know, Instagram has so much control and they can mm-hmm. go from, they can take 60,000 to 15,000 overnight and you have z- like zero yeah. you can do about it. And so like, like, uh, I guess my question would be like, what if Instagram was gone tomorrow? That's a good question. So I try not to put all of my eggs in one basket. I have obviously my Instagram, which is my biggest platform. But if it was to go away tomorrow, I feel like I would be okay because I do have my Facebook page, which I have grown to 5,000 followers, which isn't a lot, but it's where me and you know people that want to follow me on Facebook it's just like a girl gang. I call it my Chris and Presley girl gang. And literally girls will ask so many different questions on there. And it's just like a daily conversation. Mm. So I have that, I have my blog, which gets over 50,000 views a month. So that it's not like it's, you know, dead. Um, I don't- Do you have like any like exclusive or like VIP, like join, join this membership and get a VIP or in our VIP Facebook? private group or anything like that. that no, I be. do have a newsletter that I used to send out every Sunday, but I just got way too busy and I stopped doing it. But now that I've hired my f- a full-time assistant, I plan on bringing it back. Right. So is that the biggest challenge right now? Is that you're so like yes. time? Time is the Exa- challenge? Yes, creating content that I just, I don't have time. <laughs> okay. I imagine t- TikTok would be a good, uh, influencer medium for you too. No, have you looked into that? TikTok is mean. <laughs> Those generation, what is it, Z people? Yeah, yeah, they're mean. So I've got. Uh, I need a story. We need some advice. Brad, is this you. true? <laughs> Not true. <laughs> have you been on TikTok? I have to read the comments. <laughs> so, so the Gen Z that Brad works with is a little bit different. Totally different Gen Z. <laughs> totally, totally different. Okay. Yeah. Sounds after I need years. some. I need some business advice. So okay. my fiance. She runs the social media for us. She's done no paid advertising promotions. I think we've spent $15 once on like mm-hmm. a, a post. And she's grown it to almost 13,000 followers in like the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, our next question is, when we go outside of Gainesville, mm-hmm. should we maintain a single corporate account for all different locations or should there be a Instagram account for Halo Tampa, Halo Orlando? That's, That's a great, great question. Very good I, I need question. to answer that too. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, That's a great question. I honestly Noah. think a different Instagram account. Really? Mm. I think so. Mm. Only because people, do you like post customers? Yes, we post lo- like hyper local. And people post. Creative for you because they want to be reposted. Yes. Well, the, the reason I, I have this question is because, so there's a very famous donut company in Miami called Salty Donut. Mm-hmm. And Salty is expanding all over the place now. Um, and they have a single corporate account that I think it's got two or 300,000 followers on it. And there's every time I go to their Instagram, I'm like kind of overwhelmed mm-hmm. by their sharing location stories for, I mean, you have to then you have to 50 sift through to see to where, to yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you would say split it up. I would say split it up. Um, I mean, let's just look at Chick-fil-A. 
True. They have one major account, but then they also have accounts standard. per Chick Fil A standard. Yes, Chick-fil-A and then they have sure. Chick Fil A. Um, I follow one that's at the marketplace in North Carolina. They literally have three hundred thousand followers just in the one <laughs> from Ca- North Carolina. Is this on Instagram yeah, specifically? Or are we talking about like mm-hmm. Facebook specifically? Or like pages? Yes. Okay, I, I have another question that's gonna piggyback off that. So. When you launch a new Instagram in a new city, what do you think is the best tactic to get people in that city to learn about your brand through social media? Mm, I mean, obviously sponsored post. Okay. Because yeah. you can do like the area the that area you want zip code. to. Yeah. Um, demographics, who are you targeting? Gotcha. Everyone or? Uh, actually mainly college. female. It's about 80% female okay. between like 24 and 35. On your donuts? Yeah. Really? 80% female? 80% female. Well, I don't Instagram. fit that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't that fast? But, you know, but following up yeah. with Drew's question, and this it's kind of like the same question following up. Okay, so yeah. would you develop that tactic through more um, pictures or videos, depending on the mm. length of the video? I would definitely do a mix. Yeah. But how often? How often will you use like pictures? every two to three photos? Do a video. Ooh, mm. that's good. Every two to three pictures. I would. That's cool. Yeah, because people aren't going to go and watch every single video. It's just their attention span is are you, five seconds. Are you still seeing like success like with discovery through hashtags and stuff, or hashtags yes. kind of like? Uh. Uh, they're okay. They're not as good as they were. Okay. But I'm still finding a little bit so yeah hashtags are big especially if you're going into a new city yeah you know tampa yes that specific location in tampa yes and definitely share on your gainesville page about the new location because i feel like uf students come from everywhere so if they know Mm -hmm. that there's a halo potato in tampa they're they're gonna gonna tell their friends and all that okay and how i actually i actually struggle with this because one of the many hats i wear most of which is to cover up my hairline social media is uh (laughs) yeah i do social media for uh, our restaurants maple street biscuit company Uh um and they have a master page maple street biscuit company which has buku followers but now they're up to 47 stores we have two of them and each store is local hyper local to the community yes and and when we started, we, we just put a whole bunch of pictures up and then unleashed it to the to the public. And hashtags was great for us. Um, that uh, sponsored post, I love that because that was kind of getting our, our engagement out there and getting our, our following out there. So I think that um, people people like local. Even, even now to the point when we, when we first started episode 18, there was probably about 17 Maple Streets. Now it's 47, but it, you wouldn't know it's a quote-unquote chain. That mm-hmm. you know, that's how the the industry would perceive it, because they have that hyper local focus, mm-hmm. and that's 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 the mo for every single location. It seems like it is for you guys too. Yeah, yeah. So you're posting, you're doing the posting for both of those accounts. I have, I literally just last week hired somebody to start start I, doing that. I, I mean, I think a huge thing is consistency, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. a hard Every part. Is like yeah. when you're yes. the small business owner and you got all these yeah. other things to, hand, to handle. Like yeah. being consistent with the posting is like super 100%. super. Being tough. consistent 100%. and showing behind the scenes. Yeah. People love seeing mm. behind the scenes. That's work, like how you make the donuts yeah. or yeah, yeah they do. That's yeah. Kind of, this, one. That's good. Actually, this kind of goes back to like the licensing format. So one of the things that we're most concerned about, obviously with growth is, do you hand off social media and marketing to that owner or would you rather pay the corporate Maple Street to run yours? 
No, I, I, I do repost a lot of their content, but because we know our market and we know our demographic, like you so eloquently put out, this is who buys from Halo Potato. Yeah. We know who buys from Maple Street, both locations. Yep. So it was it was really hard for me to hold on to that because I was like, these are my people, I know them, yada, yada, yada. But now we've created a branding guide. It's kind of easy to transfer. And we have, a th- we have five themes that we try to post alongside. And that person that's handling it now knows that and has gotten a sense of that from being at other Maple Street locations, um, but it's, it's it's hard to hand it one off when you one know. One of the things, and I know this doesn't really pertain, this kind of pertains to social media, but do they give you a lot of freedom, Maple Street, to like yeah. come up with specials on the menu? Yeah, um, they do give us a lot of freedom on specials because we got in at such a early part of their phase. I mean, they've been since bought out by Cracker Barrel, yeah. which we've lost a little bit of the autonomy, but they brought the CEO over to keep that freedom for us to do that. The so, reason yeah, why they I'm they asking do. is because we've noticed our engagement is through the roof. So every week we post specials. Yeah. And those specials are gone. You know, they're here yeah. one week, they're gone the next, and you won't see them for months. Yeah. And we just put them back in the recipe book and we use them whenever we need a big week. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wonder how it would be like for Maple Street if you guys threw just some crazy specials on the menu, yeah. said this week only, yeah. how many followers it would drive to your social media. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. We haven't um, done a whole bunch of that because last year we were just trying to survive. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. because when we, our, our big pivot story with Maple Street last year was during the pandemic, we were seen as essential. We were going through that non-essential, essential yeah. thing. <laughs> but we became a grocery store more so than a biscuit company. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking with Colin, yeah. we were we were selling apples and bananas, and we had access to toilet paper during that time, paper towels during that time, which the general public didn't have access to or had to wait in line forever. So we completely became a grocery store. We were selling. I remember telling Colin this: we were selling more rolls of toilet paper at one point than biscuits. Wow! <laughs> but it, but we had to stay open. Yeah, we had to stay open. Yeah, we had access to Smart. it, so we became Smart. the grocery store that nobody wanted to wait in line for. That's you just pull your car around and, and pick up. I, I have a question for you mm-hmm. so we're talking we have you know like different industry here like coaching restaurants uh, streaming production all of this so how often is it true that you post every three hours and mm-hmm. and and, and it, tell me about it and how often if three times a day five times a day and I'm sorry this is like three questions in one <laughs> so you have the whole idea so you need, and, you need and, paper to write these all down and, and will you go away from your services and more about your story or should actually you should push toward like this is what I do this is what I do so mm. I post are you talking about like on my feed or like on, on your stories on, on your feed okay yeah. so on my feed I probably post I mean some weeks I have like four sponsor posts a week that I have to post and I used to like fill in the days and post like a random photo if I didn't have a sponsored post so I was posting literally every single day once a day Yes, oh, okay. on my feet. But that's for me personally. Okay. I mean, I know bloggers that post three times a day. So it really just depends on what your audience is loving, to be honest. Mm. But in the recent months, I've been posting like five times a week and leaving out like Friday nights and like Tuesday, mm. not like random days. Mm. But, and it's been working for me. My engagement has been really, really good. And it's kind of made me um, 
not stress about posting. But for a restaurant, <laughs> for example, would you advise to post? Um, yes, in a different industry, okay. I would be consistent. Like three, sure. four times a day about their services? I would at least do like two or three times a day. Mm. And are you studying what the most optimal times are for your posts? I used to, but I feel like I've grown my audience and my, my posts like do well posting mm-hmm. any time of day. Okay. Yeah. But I used to follow it strict. Like I have to post at 1245. Like mm-hmm. if I'm a minute later, my, my engagement isn't going to be good, <laughs> but stressful. yeah, it, I was way too stressful yeah. and I'm kind of just like whatever about it now. Cause like half the people can't even see likes. Yeah. So why am yeah, I even it's funny. stressing yeah. about it? Yeah. So, uh, Drew, I did the math and based on her math, I will post It'll cost you seventy cents. <laughs> for, I'll do it. I'll do Duh. it. I got a dollar. You can lock that in for two months. Cents. One a week. I'll drop it to sixty-five cents. Just seventy cents there a week. So <laughs> let me see your engagement. <laughs> I don't know how to find that. Yeah, send send the inside to TikTok. So. Hopefully one day she's she's gonna be doing a podcast and then we're gonna talk. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's just super interesting just to see. Well, one, I like the growth for everybody, uh, but definitely, I mean, it's easy to dive into like that social media world and and just uh, keep going. So, have you thought about any other platforms? Or, I mean, just because you said like you don't want to put your eggs in that one basket, like not right now. No, no. Just kinda... I'm just kind of going with the flow. All right. So, I mean, are baby plans in the near future? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll be 29 next week. Nothing. So I, I read your bio on, on your website before I came here because we've never met before. And it said you're from a town with one stoplight. Keystone Heights. Keystone. Keystone. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I live out in Newberry and it okay. sounds a lot like Newberry. I live in Stark now, but yeah, I oh, yeah. I was born and raised in Keystone Wait. and I actually... I 318,000 followers you live in Stark? Yes. <laughs> that's that amazing. Yes. I travel as much as I can. What what does your husband think of all this? I mean, at first, he was like, okay, babe, just do what you want to do. And then, well, we actually, when I went full-time, he had just gone full-time with his business. So it was kind of a scary time. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was both, like, two big risks that we just took, and it's been amazing does so. he like to be like involved in your like stories and stuff or is he kind of like he does ah, like, no no no, no. Out of it. he does like to be involved and the girls love him <laughs> i'm not even kidding i think they love him more than me but um there are days where he's just like get that phone out of my face and i'm like okay that's it so is it hard to turn it off like being in that world and posting as much as you do, is it just hard to like, I mean, can you can you go without your phone for 24 hours? No. Wow. Could you go without your phone for 12 hours? Depending on what I was doing. Sleeping. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Sleeping yeah. 12 of those. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't stop. I mean, look at my phone. Yeah. Like literally, it does not stop. And you are personally engaging with these people. That engage with you, and let me. Oh yeah, that is a, that's wow. a, such a great question, like calling actually because you as an influencer, you probably use the phone eighty percent more than all of us. Mm-hmm. So, at what time do you? Because a lot of people I met, like a, a guy that train, he trains the Amazon team how to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And I was like, what? So, <laughs> at what? At what? 
time during the day you say you you say hey that's it for today so i can sleep well what is that time during the day that you, you stop doing anything mm. on social media at 10 p.m when i go to sleep what? is that when you go to bed 10 p.m so like, you shut it down you, so 10? you stop and then you go to sleep they said you Pretty gotta much. stop two hours prior sleeping my what is it called your um, blue light screen time, uh, screen time screen is time. like eight to ten hours a day Wow. That is a job. Yeah. <laughs> that is a job. That is yeah. a job. You have a career. Yeah. <laughs> and so. she's crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to get to the point where I don't have to be on it as much. You know, that's the goal. Yeah. Okay. So. I've, I've, this, is, this is such a freaking in-depth question. How are you taxed as like a business owner of an Instagram account? So I am an S-corp. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which I actually. Do you get to like do write-offs? Oh for... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so do you see that Louis Vuitton right there? Yeah. That's Every a write-off. write-off. Boom. <laughs> yes. Love it. That's great. Love yes. It. Every trip. My engagement. Or, yeah. My engagement ring. We just upgraded as a write-off. Nice. <laughs> because love I shared it. it. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love yeah. it. Leah, my fiance. Uh, she doesn't know this, but yeah, I did buy the wedding and the engagement ring with. Uh, Is it a donut? No, <laughs> I did buy a business card. Cool, like so, a donor uh, ring. It's a write off. My accountant told me to write it off. So. There you go. Like, a donor ring with like diamond sprinkles. <laughs> pretty dope. Because it was Sprinkle. like in the Instagram folder uh, picture holding so, yes. the donut. So, so she, like, she, as long as you post the, the picture, it's a write off. She said because <laughs> I kid you not because <laughs> she's holding up the donuts mm-hmm. with the ring in her hand, uh-huh. it is considered a write off. Yes. Is that wild? That's wild. I was like, wild. absolutely, I'm going to go there and not use my personal money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I've learned a lot with write-offs in the last two years, that's for sure. Oh, man. My account is not nearly aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, need to talk I about this. So either. I'm I switched to a new account at this year, so I'm hoping she's okay with everything. So risk <laughs> I feel like I played a little bit safer than that, but, you know. <laughs> it's a business expense. Yeah. Wild. I got people to buy it, so... Okay, so Jason, I've got a question for you. So you're obviously in the entire real estate world. You think about it all day, every day. Yeah. Right? So when we're we're searching for a property, so a little background. We have a property on Main Street that is a year-to-year lease, and right now we, we deal with flooding issues. Yeah. And the landlord won't do a thing about it, and I'm not spending my money to enhance his property. Yeah. And so every day we look for new properties. I look on LoopNet, I look on Collier's, I look on Craigslist, <laughs> everything. Why is every, why are restaurants so, there's nothing out there right now, yeah. as, even after COVID. I yeah. am just shocked by that, that there's uh, no listings. There, I think they're coming too. A lot of it was um, prep, propped up by PPP, the first round and the second round. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are more, Having dealing with more ischemia than we know, kind of like they they have the symptom of a heart attack without having a heart attack just yeah. yet. So I think that once that money burns off the books, it was, it was getting ready to burn off the books. So we thought the first quarter of this year we were going to see a lot of those start to trickle into yeah. the market. Um, but then boom, uh, because Sm- Smokey Joe gave so us a second round. I think so. that's my actual question. Is I'm yeah. just I know a lot of businesses are a lot of restaurants yeah. especially are, are struggling. I've seen a lot go out, yeah. but. What's weird is I is there's no listings for them. Yeah, no, they're they're struggling, but they are str- chugging along because of the propped up uh, the financial. Yeah, gotcha. The financial. Okay. Well, and business has been good the last few years, so you <laughs> yeah. can have a cash reserve 
built up, I would think, yeah. Yeah. to where you're like, I'm just going to see this through. I'm not going to sell. I'm not going to yeah. give it away for low price per square foot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to hold out and see if this thing comes around. Yeah. Well, the, stat, the stats were this for the end of 2020. 47% of restaurants closed. Um, the average loss for 2020 was anywhere between 60 to 80%. Gotcha. Those that are staying and are still open, unlike us, thank, thank God, um, are probably going to close in the next, let's call it the next six to eight months because that financial prop, prop yeah. propping is going gotcha. to fall from under. Okay, them. so I, yeah. I, another question for you. So, um, so my fiance, we've, how we've kind of planned our finances is she put her name on the mortgage of her house we just got a month and a half ago yeah. in order to free up my capital so we yeah. could probably go buy an investment property. Yeah. Would you... Based on the economy we have right now and what you're projecting for the next six to 12 months, would you go buy a person, like a, a residential property mm-hmm. and rent it, or would you buy a commercial land or commercial building? That's right a fantastic now. question. I think you're going to overpay for the residential property right now. Don't I do th- it. Yeah, I think yes. that. I think Dude, that just hold it and wait for it to crash. Yeah. Are we, in a bu- are we in a bubble? Because it feels like it. But like I said, it's kind no, of we comparing. Are. Like, I know, <laughs> I know restaurants are struggling, but then when you go look on you know, LoopNet and stuff, there's nothing available. Yeah. So I'm like, are we it, living in an It's more available than world? you know. There's a lot yeah. that goes on underground that you'll never hear about because they're yeah. calling us like, hey, watch this because this is probably going to happen. We're getting a lot of those calls right now. Gotcha. And, and us as a business, as a restaurant business, we're we're, we're going to buy something. We actually put something on a contract. Good. Can't tell right now, but we did put Go something ahead, on a contract. Tell us, hey. tell us everything. 51% <laughs> old in a, new, in a new market. Tell us. Uh, because money's just so cheap right now and there's so, the SBA is throwing so much money at That's people That's the right way now. I'm yeah, evaluating this money is cheap right now, and yeah. it's going to be if you look at it from a cost outlay. Uh, all of the uh, a lot of the a lot of the landlords right now are trying to make up for lost time last year, lost rent collections. So, we thought that the rates were going to get lower, but they they have either stagnated or gone up mm-hmm. because a lot of people are trying to make up for that lost time last year. Um, so, take that comparison compared to what you're going to get cheap money three four percent on an SBA loan. You know, 25-year fully amortized loans out there right now, which is unheard of for a commercial mm-hmm. property. And if you're occupying over 51, percent it's it's a no-brainer. Gotcha. Yep. When do you think this residential bubble is going to like burst? There's, there's so much demand and so little inventory, so I think we still have a long way to go. Because um, we're about to sell our house in the summer. And I, and I think well, as rates go up. Then those prices You'll will start to yeah. escalatory oh. clause. That, oh. Escalatory clause. That's, that's the word at the beginning of the episode. That's the word that I was looking for was the escalatory clause or whatever. Yeah. Where like people are putting in full offers yeah. and then they're like saying, "Oh, but we'll go up to this." Yeah. Oh, I have a feeling we're gonna have a yeah. bidding war on our house. Yeah, I mean, for like sure. I just yeah. saw it with friends of mine, and it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's crazy. So this is what you do. hold the money, <clears> wait wait till every, wait till yeah. everything crashes, go buy two residential properties. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. that's our plan. That's our plan too. Uh, Let's say okay. So kind of my what I'm willing to spend is is two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollars. When that bubble does burst, Mm -hmm. do you go buy up multiple plots of land or do you put all your money into one really good commercial building? Well, the uh, the universal question for real estate is it depends. <laughs> so, it depends on where the land is. It depends on where the land is, and it depends where the building is. Quite frankly, it's not a not a blanket answer. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it depends. The cost of construction is through the roof right now. Yeah. When we yeah, when we built when we built our first store in Tioga, we probably spent 120 to 150 bucks a foot. Yeah. It's now 200 bucks a foot in rising, and you can't find a sub to stay on a job to save your life. Plus, you got the city throwing around moratoriums on construction right now. So if you got an asset that's already built and ready to go, that's your best play because you're going to have so many regulatory hoops to jump through yeah. for uh, just that's playing That's what we're dirt. dealing with with Tower Road right now. Yeah. Tower Road was supposed to start, they were supposed to, you know, dig ground in three months ago yeah. and they're Still just hasn't. now getting started. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in good hands with Mitchie Mitch. Yeah, he's, they're, <laughs> they're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Mitchie Mitch. phone calls all the time. AKA Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I mean, this has been really awesome. I mean, a lot of fun just like hearing where everybody has been progressing to. I have a, I have a couple, I have two questions to kind of wrap this up and, uh, and we'll, we'll just go around the room. And the first would be like, are you happy? Mm. 100%. Me next. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm humbled by this whole experience. Um, and what you know, early on in the, in, in this podcast, you were talking about um, you know self discovery during COVID. Mm. And one of the things that I realized was I was getting burnt out with just so much wanting to run at 150 miles per hour. Then I started discovering over the past year my own hobbies that I like to do, um, mm. and. I have such a business mind that everything I look at, I want to turn into a business, but I've held myself back now and said, focus on this and make these other things hobbies. Mm -hmm. So I think by doing that and realizing everything doesn't have to be a business, I've made myself a lot happier. Love it. That's good. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm extremely happy and humbled and thankful. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, I think just more focused than we've ever been. Love it. Uh, Yeah, and I am extremely happy that actually I learned how to keep developing myself because I learned that instead of developing your business, you got to develop yourself, grow yourself first so you can grow your business, you grow as a leader. That's number one. Number two, I learned how to be grateful for the possibilities ahead. Love it. Uh, so this is ironically you asked that question we we've declared this year the year of supernatural joy in my house in the Hearst household joy is <laughs> all around on our, our rugs in front of the house on uh, all around the house and our different ornaments in the house so um, the pandemic really taught us that we were putting our joy and our happiness in the wrong things and when those things were mm-hmm. snatched from us it really had you really were we really were searching for joy um, so now we're at a point where we, we're, we're doing our hobbies. Um, we're spending more time with each other. Um, all these things where joy um, can't take it away from you because uh, we were tying it into a lot of, of, of what we did rather than who we are. So now we are uh, finding, finding great joy. So, yeah, that's a long way of answering. Yes, we're happy. Love it. And are you it, happy? Are you happy? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I was trying to, like, <laughs> trying to just move on. Um, <laughs> Yes, I, I, I'm very happy. I would say a lot of people have known 
uh, especially with this last year and just a lot of my passion and really over the last three years, just a lot of my passions shifting, uh, which has been talked about multiple times on this podcast. Like, like I really want to do this full time. Um, and so, you know, just not kind of having this scooter dealership, which I love. It's my first baby. It's like 17 years old. I'm kind of like, go to school, like go, go off to college, (laughs) go do your thing. It's time for you to be independent. And it just quite hasn't quite gotten there. Uh, you know, and, and, and this has definitely been humbling, you know, even this past couple of weeks I've been, I'm unlocking the door again in the morning. I'm working the showroom floor. Sales are up (laughs) because I'm a really good salesperson. Uh, you know, but I'm locking the door at the end of the day. And and for a while I was like, I I was, I was like kind of resenting it a little bit. I was like, man, like this is the scooter dealerships kind of keeping me from doing what I really want to do. And, you know, it led to us, like we listed the property for sale. We like have, you know, uh, the building next door for lease. We try to figure out these options. What's, what's right. Right. And, and you know, I kind of like, I actually kind of just had a revelation in the last week. I was like, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, that Noah was passionate about building the ark. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, like maybe he was, maybe that was his crowd. Like, maybe he was actually passionate about <laughs> building an ark, but, but, you know, he was probably more passionate about, you know, who he was saving yeah. and serving his God, yeah. right? And so, like, that's really the mindset that I've really started to take with this is like, okay, you know, I'm my passion has obviously evolved. And I'm ready to focus on this, but for whatever reason, it's not the time. Mm-hmm. And so I just have to be patient and just keep keep going. And and I'm excited. I'm excited for what comes. I'm excited for the things happening in the scooter dealership. The things things are uh, obviously getting a lot better now that students aren't just on Zoom yeah. and uh, yeah. Zoom, <laughs> and we'll be scooting to class. I mean, it's definitely been a challenge this last year, but but we've made it through and things are looking really really good. And you know, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about what's next. I, I just don't want this to be a side hustle anymore. You know, this yeah. is kind of kind of side of the, the the hobby. This is the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Like when the food truck and the donuts was a hobby. I I, I really want this to be the full time yeah, thing. Manifest you know? it. Yeah. So yeah, you have, you have to seriously just think about it twenty four seven and ma- manifest it into reality. That's right, yeah. man. And I and I definitely do that. I think the hard part for me is like I can go. I'm one of those guys that likes to go 150 miles an hour all the yeah. time. Like, let's keep going. And I can definitely burn myself out quick, you know? Like, I was here, you know, I was up at 5.30 this morning. And what time is it now? I mean, we're nine, <laughs> nine, nine o'clock. I, you know, I've been yeah. here all day. It's been a long day. But I love it, you know? I love it. So, uh, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, 150 uh, episodes in, you're, yeah. uh, I mean, you're, I don't think you understand how much you're blessing other people. Um, not just by growing their business, but the people that hear these. I mean, I've, I've learned so much just by being in this atmosphere today. But all the people that have heard the 150 episodes, I don't think you um, can quantify how much you've blessed other businesses and other people that have heard you. So Thanks, keep man. doing what you're doing. I, I feel so, like you're only getting started, too. So. Yeah. Well, and so my final question. All right. So we're at episode 150. So at episode 300. Have everybody come back, <laughs> right? Three three years from now, oh, where are you in three years? Like, paint paint the picture for me. Me, I will be in my dream house that we are building. I know it's not a builder's market, but you know, um, in my dream house with you said three years from now, at least one kid, okay. <laughs> maybe two. I don't know. Um, and my business soaring. Maybe something in addition, a boutique or something. Okay. I'm not sure. 
Haven't do you really want to predict how many followers you have so we can just see if you were right? <laughs> I love doing stuff I like that. will hopefully over half a million. Okay. With the way Instagram is, I don't know. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully over half a million. I'm predicting it'll nice. be a lot more. I'm thinking it's like 1.5 million. Oh, yeah. thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. For sure. <laughs> um, so three True. years from now. So I see Halo. So in, f- in five to seven years, I plan. I want to sell it. That's my. That's that's the destination. Um, in three years, I could see fifty locations, um, some privately owned corporate locations, most licensed locations. Um, but the way the way that I look at Halo is it's the path, not the destination. And so you know that's this is how we've live the business for the past three years is just let things happen. Um, and I think there's going to be, I think I'm going to be working on s- spending more of my time working on some other business completely than Halo. I, I think that although it's going to continue to get really, really big and everything, I don't think it's going to take up more than 50% of my time. I think there's going to be something else that that grabs me and and takes me along for the ride. So we'll see what that is. Can't wait to see I it. I don't know what that business <laughs> is going to be. But it's oh, be I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. Oh gosh, three years from now. Um, well, now that we've spent four years building the Gainesville Selling Factory and we're on a really good trajectory now, <clears throat> I see three years from now we could be in five other university towns wow. across the country, other nice. top 10, top 25 universities. We could have 1,000 to 2,000 students a year working for us and just positively impacting the lives of amazing students and and doing it the right way in an industry that isn't always the best industry yeah so being a a light in this in this tough industry and and i think too with our because i mean i'm much older than everybody in here but uh you know we think about 10 years 15 years from now i mean sure we could maybe sell the company one day we could do this for the next 15 years i have to start thinking about I'm getting a year older each year, and all of our students are still between 19 and 22 years old that are working for us. So, uh, you know, we, what, what's exciting to see though is, and 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 we're excited now. We have our first uh, marketing manager that we've ever hired that just accepted a position with us that we're super excited about, and she came up through the Selling Factory. That's and awesome. She was a student and worked for us, and now has and and we're we're super thrilled about that. But. What's what we're seeing happen now is we're seeing the future of the selling factory, the leadership team forming from within. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not looking for C-suite executives from other huge companies. We're not looking for industry experts. Mm-hmm. It's all bubbling up from within because the talent is right here, and wow. we get to build them up the way that we want to build them up, and they bring their talents and their. Excitement and ah, it's just unbelievable, man. This is so much friggin' fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It, it's always yeah. it's always it's so fun, fun, man. Like when you, especially when you're yeah. doing what you love, and you just oh, oh, it's unreal. exciting to show up every day, right? It's awesome. Elio, yeah. <clears throat> well, in three years, I am manifesting that Jason <laughs> is gonna help us get a building where we're gonna get three 
other producers. I am not gonna be producing anymore. We're gonna be supervising three other producers to multiply nice. for a hundred times the volume that we're producing right now. We're gonna get gains your prosthetics, bamboo strategic media, everything in the same building that Jason is gonna help us to get. Okay. That's that's in the that's plus a plus. This is something that no no one else is. I get say. a cut of this commission. By the way, this is exclusive <laughs> for WA Show A podcast because it's what, which camera you want me to look? <laughs> this is a podcast that make you say, "Whoa!" Well, we're about to launch a new product that by the episode 300 probably is going to be making history already. It is a brand new app that is going to change the whole social media game by Bamboo Strategy Media okay. in partnership. I got to tell you, man, I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm manifesting all of this today, and that's just the technology part. The Fiesta Media, I'm going to have my own venue that Jason is going to help me to get the land. He's giving me amped up right now. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, Let's go. I am manifesting first. this. <laughs> yeah. All right? This is not that a witch. Uh, we're making it happen, baby. Love it. <laughs> love it. I always love wow. it. Wow. That got me fired up, man. <laughs> I know, man. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, explosion. The energy in here. <laughs> yeah. Jason Hurst. No, Thank oh, you, brother. Man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, 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 in, in a way, I'm concerned about disruption in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hitting the residential industry more so over the past few years with the, the advent of Zillow and all the other... Um, cool little apps and things that you can do on your own to find your own places but um, I know eventually it's going to hit the commercial real estate industry but one thing I hang my hat on is that we provide a superior level of customer service um, and I'm in the business of helping people so whatever that looks like adapting wise I know I'll, I'll still be in real estate because I absolutely love what I do and I love helping people more so than even just selling selling them my product. Uh, that's 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 base level stuff. I, I I love helping people, and which is also the reason why I got into Maple Street. Now I remember I sat on episode eighteen and I said ten stores in ten years, and I got to two stores and I was like, this is going to be two stores in ten years. <laughs> can't, can't do it anymore. Oh, sorry. <laughs> then twenty twenty just punched the sucker punched us in the face. Um, but sure. Um, 2020 is probably the best thing and the worst thing that happened to us. It was mm -hmm. the, the worst thing, and obviously the sales weren't coming in like they used to, used to be. But it's the best thing because I really know beyond a shadow of doubt why I got into Maple Street, and it's to help people serve others and be a part of the community, which is our mo. So I it kind of reinvigorated that whole reason why I got in. It really reinvigorated the why behind what I why we do what we do. And now we're looking at location number three, so we're still on track <laughs> three years later. And I think in the next three years, we've had opportunities to to be in store number six. So if I'm staying on pace, next three years, we'll have three more stores, hopefully. Um, and, and by that time, my son will be, he's already, don't tell anybody this, but he's already working in the store at 12 years old. So, I love you know, it. There's labor laws against that, so strike that if you need to. Um, but he'll be he'll actually be working in the store and um, coming up in the one of the one of the people that I follow that I just find phenomenal as a family is um, Howard Green who started uh, Hobby Lobby. Um, he has this great book called um, uh, Give it, Giving It All Away. And he has generations of people that have worked in his family. But they came up. He will not let them just come in because they're in the family. They have to work their way up in the store. I see that 
generation generationally for my my son, my daughter, my wife wants more kid. We'll we'll see where we are in three years, um, but I, I see us uh, generationally um, being able to pass that wealth on to our our kids and um, keep it in the family, create jobs for other other people. We we employ a lot of students here. Um, but just being the, the we, we love the opportunity to give back to the community and give back to the, the new communities that um, are in the pipeline. So I'm looking forward to doing more giving and uh, helping people with more more buildings. So love it. Yeah. So real quick, let's go around the room as fast as we can and just give everybody your social media handles for, uh, oh, you know, for your God, businesses so or for yourself. All right. So uh, we are the Hearst Herald team. That's H-U-R-S-T. H-A-R-R-E-L-L, the Hearst Herald team on Instagram. Uh, for the restaurants, we are Maple Street Tioga and Maple Street Butler Plaza on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Just go to eliopiedra.com for the Fiesta, for your events, all of that, and for podcast production, thefiestamedia.com. Yeah. Uh, the, the sellingfactory.com. Uh, we're on LinkedIn, pretty heavily on LinkedIn. We have an Instagram page. I think it's the dot selling dot factory. <laughs> it's not Catch my side it. of the business, but uh, <laughs> get that uh, new marketing person on that. Yeah. Uh, thank God. Uh, so, but I mean, you can email us. Uh, I'm Brad at the selling com. I love talking to entrepreneurs. I'm here to help any way I can. Yeah. Been a huge help to me several times. So all of you guys have in your own ways. So, but thank you. Cool. Uh, it's at Halo Potato Donuts on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we also have a website where you can submit a contact form. So in case you have any, you know, business questions or business advice, um, or you're trying to compete with us, just uh, <laughs> send us an email that way. This goes out the week of May 10th. Do you know what the specials are that week? May 10th? Ooh. No. All, can can okay. you just like make something up and like... <laughs> People think we plan out the specials like months in, in advance. I yeah. kid you not. It's like the night before. Right, like, so let's do it right it will now. Have donut, it will have donuts. <laughs> let's do it right now. Say this week's special and then like make sure it happens. I'm going to say Strawberry Crunch is going to be on the menu. Strawberry Crunch. The week of May 10th. Strawberry Crunch. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is BOGO at Publix. Cinnamon Toast oh, Crunch, oh, man. I do love that. That one's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and mine is kristencoffee.com, and then my Instagram is Kristen C. Presley, and if any of you ladies want to be part of my Facebook page, it's Kristen Presley's Girl Gang. Yes. Can I add one more, too, because Dan will punch me if I, if I don't? <laughs> of course. Um, call yours Gainesville. Yes. That's another one of the, the hashtags for our, our wonderful sponsorship. Absolutely. I wasn't going to let you. This is, this I, is I wasn't going to let, I gonna let you forget. Like, I, I, I had it. it here, man. And I shout know. out to Call Yours. I was a customer of theirs, yes. and, and they're helping me look for other space as well. So yes. Collier's 100% of the people to go with. That's Appreciate right. You, man. Appreciate you. Um, you guys, thank you so much. I'm like, I am genuinely excited to just see where all of us end up in three years' time. <laughs> It'll be really cool to see if those predictions uh, happen and just to see where everybody's at. And uh, audience, thank you so much for listening. 150 episodes. I'm so wow. incredibly grateful that you guys have put up with me that long <laughs> and that you continue to listen. And uh, it, it's just a real pleasure to be able to do this every week. And uh, I'm just so grateful for you guys. And uh, special thanks to the team in here, James Lightner and Sarah Lance, for all of their hard work behind the scenes that make this spectacular. 
You guys are incredible. And podcast fam, if you didn't have a chance to check out, or if you didn't have a chance to write down the information of today's sponsor, which is Collier's, uh, be sure to uh, check them out. It's on our website. You can find all the sponsors actually at whoagnv.com slash sponsors. Um, but the GNV commercial advisors at Collier's Gainesville can be found at collier's.com slash Gainesville. So definitely connect with them there. And when you reach out to them, Say, yo, Jason, yo, Dan, yo, team, I heard you on the <laughs> WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Well, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.